Hello and welcome to another episode of Transcontinental Overload. I'm Stephanie, your host, currently based in Austin, Texas. First of all, happy Halloween! I'm not the biggest Halloween person, (laughs) I have to admit. I sort of feel like I overdid it for a few years, um, especially when we first moved to the States and the kids were younger. But I just haven't felt it so much those last few years. And then last night I picked up my daughter from a Halloween dance event and I have to admit that I felt a little tug at my heartstrings when I saw the little kids running around in their costumes, eyes sparkling and their little bodies fizzing with excitement and I felt a bit sad because it reminded me of things past and yeah, it was a little bit of a bit strange. Yeah, you never know. I might get into it again at some point. I did buy some candy to put outside for trick-or-treaters. I noticed I have a few new listeners um, on the podcast and a few new followers on Instagram. So I thought I'd do a brief intro because I haven't done that for a while. Of course, you can also find out more on my website, uh, www.transcontinentaloverload.com. If you haven't done that already, I'm a double expat. I was born in Germany and moved to the UK in my 20s. And then with a husband and two children in tow to the US in my 30s. We started in the Bay Area in California, moved across the country to Austin, Texas, then back to the UK and then back to Texas. And so it's fair to say I have a pretty substantial amount of experience when it comes to expat living, culture shock and also reverse culture shock and what this particular lifestyle does to a family. My guest today is also one of those people who has moved around a few times and doesn't quite feel like she belongs to just one place in the world. I am talking to Izge, who left Turkey to live in the US and is currently based in Hoboken, New Jersey. It's not her first stint in the US, as she went to college in Pennsylvania and... Well, I'll let her tell you all about her journey back and forth, which stretches over a period of over 20 years. So, let's hear Izga's story. Welcome, Izga, to Transcontinental Overload. I'm very happy to have you here and hear your story. So, you're currently in New Jersey. Yes, yes. But you're originally from Turkey, so... (laughs) Let's uh, start there. Let's uh, let's hear your your story. Sounds good. And thank you for having me on your podcast. I will say it was really interesting to listen to it as well, uh, kind of thinking about what I would like to share. So a bit of myself, how I ended up in uh, New Jersey. It's a pretty long journey, we can say. So I um, I grew up in Turkey, but even in Turkey, I was bit of a nomad, even before changing countries, right? I was born in Ankara, but my family's from south of Turkey. So they left their city when they wanted to go to college. And then we lived in different cities, ended up in Istanbul. And I used to say Istanbul was the, my longest stint. Like I grew up there, but the, spent 10 years there before moving to, uh, to the US. And in Istanbul, I attended this uh, high school that was an American high school. So it was geared to prepare you if you want to go to a college in the U.S., you could, or you could continue in 
um, in Turkey. So I feel like oh, even earlier in my life, I was presented to this fork in the road, right? And I so, happened to quick question: How um, how was that decision made? Was that your parents that pushed yeah, for that, actually, or how did that happen? I mean, how how does yeah. you know a girl in Turkey go to an American high school? Well, uh, to go to an American high school, you actually have to take these like placement exams when you're out of elementary school. So it goes way back then. But it's basically, you know, the whatever grades you get, you end up in an American high school. It could be a French high school. We had a German high school, but I ended up in the American one. Of course, you have the Turkish ones too, but these are the, the kind of I get you would you could say my parents were visionary in the sense that they knew they wanted me to have um, competence in a, another language, right? And you have to do it when immersed. So this was definitely a school that immerses you not only in the language but also the culture. Yeah. Right? And when that's the case, so I was actually one of those people so some people knew they wanted to stay in turkey some people knew they only wanted us i actually walked both of the paths until the end so i had an option to attend college in turkey um and then i had an option to go to bucknell university and i remember at that point my decision was more like i can always like let's say i go to us and it doesn't work out mm -hmm. i always have the option to come back to Turkey. But if I don't try it, then mm -hmm. I'll always regret it. Well, I tried it. And <laughs> here I am, like many, many years later, right? Um, and yeah, it, it was kind of I always think about it, like, that's the first point I can say one of my major forks. And I always mm -hmm. think about the different forks in my life, you know, what kind of a person would I be if I went the other way? You know? Isn't that the I mean, I, I always think it's the we we probably all have a version of that going on in our heads where it's that sliding doors um yes. have you seen the sliding yes, doors yes. movie it's Very because amazing. it's so you think oh my god if i hadn't done this tiny thing mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and i think it's with with different countries it's just so much more extreme so mm -hmm. i could totally um yeah. understand where you're coming from and that yeah. like you know sense of being 18 years old and deciding to go to the us could have yeah, yeah. could have been very different yeah, actually, maybe this is too much detail, but um, so I went to Bucknell here and the, the way I got introduced to Bucknell was I was on the volleyball team in high school and mm -hmm. we lived uh, quite far from school. So mm -hmm. I had to ask my dad. So they had an information night, you know, the a recruiter was coming from Bucknell. And I, I remember asking him, Would, are you available to pick me up after school? So if the answer was no, I probably wouldn't end up in Bucknell. So even like little things like that, you think That's, are insignificant, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. yeah. It's so. so, it's so interesting. I love exactly that. I love how those little details and tiny little things that, yeah. you know, make you choose one way. And, exactly. and so you ended up in, in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah, um, places. Yeah. and with yeah. yeah I mean that's and that's a that's quite a, a big journey for a <laughs> for a young person and with yeah. your family I take it left a, a, a state behind in Istanbul yeah. oh my god so um, they stayed behind and actually I left the day before there was a big earthquake in Turkey in 99 so I left the day off so I arrived oh, in US I get to school 
and I can't reach my parents. Oh my. <laughs> it was kind of like, uh, oh. talk about starting a journey, kind of traumatized. But anyways, everyone was okay, thankfully. But uh, it was definitely, you know, a fish out of water moment uh, when mm-hmm. I first arrived because, you know, you leave Turkey. I've, I've been to US before uh, in high school, but obviously not by myself and, mm-hmm. you know, not with a bunch very of different cases. And like, I was tinier than I am now. So imagine that, like, two cases bigger than me. And um, I just remember going to, uh, getting to the campus really late at night. And, you know, I grew up in a big city and this, you know, Bucknell is uh, in a, you know, rural Pennsylvania, which is great if you want your kids to focus on, you know, school. Um, <laughs> Although American I, college students can party anywhere from what I hear. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so. Bucknell is known for that, by the way. So, yeah, <laughs> they definitely find ways to yeah. introduce themselves, yeah. But yeah, so it was like day and night, you know, you go to this campus, which is beautiful, but, you know, not in a big city. I'm used to living in a city of 10 million and this is a yeah. town of 10,000 people. So that was a bit of a culture shock uh, too. But I actually think that it helped with the adjustment because like I said, you know, with school, your friends, like not too much to worry about. Mm-hmm you know, learning a lot, a lot to deal with anyways, yeah. being student and, and uh, living the, the student, the college, yeah. American college life. And, and exactly. yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So Bucknell was a really great, uh, gateway for me into the U S like mm-hmm. I, uh, after graduating, well, I started with, uh, internships at my first job and decided to take a job with them which took me to uh, central Jersey. And that was when I was like, okay, so there's more to this country because like now I'm closer to the city. I can get Mm -hmm. to experience more of the things. And um, one of the things I loved is, you know, like in New Jersey, it's very diverse. And um, I I happened to stumble upon like this, um, this restaurant would have salsa nights, right? So like I got introduced to the Latino culture and the dancing and the music. So I would say one of my favorite things about the U.S. is your access to different cultures mm-hmm. like at an arm's length, right? Yeah. Especially true for where I live close to. I'm know. guessing it's it's more the, 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 the coasts, West Coast or mm-hmm. East Coast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there is more diversity in general, but yeah definitely the, the the coastal areas more yeah. so than in the middle <laughs> yeah I mean I did get to experience Dallas for a year I can speak to that a little bit later. oh wow okay so yes absolutely still. yeah so so basically you you left college and started just working in the mm-hmm. in the U.S. so it didn't yeah. at that point um wasn't really tempting to go back to Turkey or Not yet. yeah so I guess in my head the thinking was now that I graduated and um, when mm-hmm. you come in as an international student, you're given at least a year to uh, to work, right? So I was like, let me try, like, get, let me get some experience. Even if I'm going back, I will go back with uh, yeah. hands-on experience. And I started my career as an engineer. So you can imagine, like, I, I was working for Motorola and, like, working on the mm-hmm. cutting edge smartphones at the time. Like, <laughs> I won't do yeah. it myself, but... Um, few years yeah yeah Yeah. but yeah I I used I I'd like to think like 
I came here as a student with the intent to study. Mm-hmm. And then before I knew it, it was 14 years. And I'm like, where did that time go? <laughs> so that yeah. was actually the point that I decided to try my hand living in Turkey again. Cause I was like, I came here as a, you know, 18 years old. I didn't, I wasn't an, uh, an adult in Turkey. Right. So I wanted to mm-hmm. try to be an adult in Turkey and see if I like it. And I'm pretty close with my family. So that goes with that. They must have been really thrilled um, that you decided to come come back. And yeah, I mean, they're very good at, you know, it's always uh, my decision, but they, you know, um, they give me the, they, at the time, especially when I was 18, gave me the space to make the decision. Mm -hmm. But then when you do, of course, they're. um, It's the whole roots and wings mm -hmm. kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, um, but before I went to Turkey, went back to Turkey, like I, I worked for a while at two different jobs. And then it was one of those things you get your college education, you work, and then, oh, I should get my master's. So I did that. And after, uh, at my job, after getting my uh, master's, I was at that point of, all right, this is a point in life that I should make a decision. Am mm-hmm. I staying here? If that is, that's the the, the decision. Where am I going to try? I guess you could say was it analogous to the college decision, right? But so was it kind of was it a gradual thing where you like it, it was always at the back of your mind, kind of thinking maybe one day I will go back, or was there was it more a personal sort of feeling of I think I'm ready to go back? Um, mm-hmm. Because I mean, very often it's it's other people that yeah. influence it, um, but yeah so what how was that because I mean it's you kind of just think about being working having a job and all that it doesn't come overnight the thought of I'm gonna quit my job and go back to my home country absolutely not and you're right actually there was an event so um actually we lost my grandma uh, when Mm -hmm. I was here and it was you know it was at a time I couldn't go back for her um funeral and I was like you know, do I really want to miss out on some of these major things? Yeah. And both happy and sad, obviously, like, yeah, you know, yeah. my wedding, whatever. Um, so that was definitely the trigger. And I had this. So I think of life as like, I, I remember this analogy, where They talk about like, life is like a stool, right? With three legs. So you might you have your family, you have your job, you might have your relationship and maybe like I was adding having a home, for example, owning a home to that. Right. And it, to me, like if if you have three of the legs, you're kind of stable. But if like I wasn't super happy with my job and like this happened and, you know, mm-hmm. I was renting here, so I didn't really have very like strong ties to where I lived. So I was like. And, you know, families in Turkey. So it was it was kind of a right time to change things up and see if that was the right path for me. And um, it took me about six months, I think, to kind of find a new job and kind of decide to move and go back. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? I mean, 14 years and very formative years to yeah. that. I mean, just thinking being 18 and that, it's like you said earlier, you had never been an adult in mm-hmm. Turkey. So you were experiencing all that and just the finding a job, I think is the biggest mm-hmm. finding a job and, and kind of the whole 
sorting out your life, whether you're renting or whether you own a place, it's always, you know, do that. You've never done that in Turkey. So yeah. what yeah. was, I've, I've always, I've written about this where I've said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of terrified of moving back to Germany because I've never lived there as an adult mm-hmm. and I don't know how anything works. And I would be, people would look at me funny because obviously I'm, I'm German, but I couldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the faintest idea yeah. how to. Yeah. to do anything I'm with you on that one for sure so I was lucky that so I mentioned my high school so it was a small Mm -hmm. high school and you have good uh kind of it has a great network of support both in U.S. actually because so many people come here but also in Turkey so uh actually I ended up uh, with a job at uh, one of the alums um, company who then actually got acquired by Monetize. That's how our paths, <laughs> you know, connected. Uh, but so the, on the job front, and I, you know, that was, I was turning to him more for advice, you know, mm-hmm. these are my options, what you think. And like, he helped me kind of uh, way that I ended up with um, his company, but on the uh, life front, you know, I had my family, so I moved in with them for a little bit. And I actually ended up buying a place there. So like that was my first, you know, okay, now I'm a homeowner. <laughs> grown up and Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was actually the, the most grown up I, I felt for sure. So yeah, I definitely had the support system. So if I didn't have that, it would be much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And having said that, I I'll be honest, I did struggle in terms of I mean, this, the, the first job was good, but working in Turkey was definitely very different, like different attitudes, <laughs> different, different mm-hmm. mentalities. Like here, it's like you do your job, you're good at it, you're good, right? There, it's like you need to be more aware of politics. And I'm like, oh, this is too, too complicated for me. So that so was definitely one of my learnings and one of the things I can compare between the two um, two countries. So. Do you feel like the they would, I mean, obviously they must have appreciated your international experience, mm-hmm. like having yeah. lived and studied abroad yeah. and all that. But do you also feel like it was sometimes it was like people looked at you funny because you didn't know how to do certain things mm-hmm. and they were expecting you to know, you know, that kind of thing? Maybe. Be, actually because I think there is definitely a factor of like belonging so mm-hmm. obviously I was different right like I had a very different experience I walked a very different path the first job I got was the closest to being around people who had similar backgrounds mm-hmm. in terms of like they actually actively tried to you know if anyone was moving back they were trying to prepare a, you know a, a good environment that they can thrive so but in other places that definitely stood up, out in terms of, oh, okay, so you don't know how to deal with these kind of like <laughs> politics. And it, I think it was pretty, pretty obvious that, you know, I was lacking some of the uh, Turkish way of working, if you will. Yeah, it's such a tricky path I think to sometimes Absolutely. on the one hand it's great that you have this other experience but on the other hand it's not and and it's 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 always easier with people who have had similar experiences mm-hmm. and just yeah. there's more understanding mm-hmm. yeah it can be it's so when you feel like you belong you've got one leg in this country and the other mm-hmm. leg, leg in the other country and yep. yeah so it's that weird 
existence where you're, you're like, yeah, I can be, I can be both. And people are like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> and then what happens is when you realize that you like, I, I, I found this funny after the fact, but like I ended up gravitating towards other expats in Turkey because, you know, like I felt like I had more in common in terms of how I think or like how I'm experiencing some of the things in Turkey than, you know, someone who's never lived abroad. So, yeah. So I'm forever on this, you know, the world's citizen yeah. <laughs> group, if you will. Oh, I know Turkish, exactly what, what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the ability to look at uh, both countries from the outside, from an out- outsider's point of view. So you still, yeah. you can still, you can look at your own country, but from a completely different angle. That's true. Okay, so you're so you're in Turkey, and then you've got your house. You basically your yep. life is now in Turkey, and then mm-hmm. and then, and then um, so you know, I was actually one thing I tried to do was uh, stick with my ways here in terms of like I was playing soccer, or, like trying to dance salsa, which helps when I I discovered this uh, even when moving to Dallas. Like if you continue mm-hmm. with your um, things to do, it's actually easy to kind of embed into that uh, uh, community but um then I actually met my now husband um actually again through my expat friends that you know we happen to like play in a team together at a you know friend's birthday um which was interesting because the thing that was you know dating I will say was hard as well when you first go back especially if with someone who's never been exposed to a different culture and what really um kind of one of the commonalities with Omar was he actually did live in the U.S. for two years so he got me you know like things that might feel kind of off to other people we're like oh Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) like I, I know where this is coming from you know yeah so important yeah so we we got married and then actually and i will say okay let me take a step back so i mentioned some of the reasons of wanting to move back was the Mm -hmm. the family issues right um family events but at the time there was also some like there's this thing called gizzy park like the um the youth was starting to protest against the the current government and it was like oh it feels like there's some change that's possible because basically we have a guy who's been in power for 17 years my poor sister hasn't seen anyone else in the in the in power so uh and part of my thinking was well maybe there is a role for me in that change as well and i feel like there are some of the people at the time that moved back I can definitely say more people will move back around that same time. And then things started going down again. And like there was a coup attempt and like the, the guy in power started to keep more power. So it, it got to a point like, especially when you have a family, like would I want to, you know, raise a family here or things mm-hmm. like that. So that's when the start when things started to go down a little more and we're like okay so maybe we should start thinking about what does life in us look like for us so mm-hmm. all of that started the the 
pendulum yeah. swinging back. But that that can't have been easy because I mean I can I can understand it also the sense of being feeling like there's change in the air and wanting to be part of that and maybe you know that whole idea of idea that idealistic view of maybe I can be part of this and I can help my country make this change and be really involved in it and and kind of get that sense of that's now my decision to move back there's a reason that I'm I'm here and I I can be part of it and how amazing and then and then living through that and experiencing yeah it's not it's not working and it's not making making me happy it's making me worried and so I yeah yeah but that can't have been easy to then think maybe we should move back to the US. Exactly. I mean, especially, um, like I mentioned, part of my consideration was family. So, mm-hmm. you know, being away for 14 years, then getting that sense of being so like, we actually lived two streets apart. So <laughs> go from mm-hmm. being a continent apart to two mm-hmm. streets apart. Um, I absolutely, like, I really appreciated the newfound connection with my family, especially I think I mentioned so my sister was six when I left for college. So, you know, it's, you can only build so much connection uh, yeah. over the summers or um, over digital channels, if you will. But so that really gave me a chance to connect with her at a deeper level. So yeah, if for nothing else, I feel like that's one of uh, the wins of my stint in uh, back to Turkey. So how long was that stint in the end? Six years. So okay. I moved back. Actually, I say February to February. I moved back February 14 and we were back February 2020, right before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, one of those <laughs> moving to a, a new place. Not completely new because I mean you you're back yeah. in New Jersey, so you were familiar yeah. with at least the area mm-hmm. and the, the the weather, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I mean, but still, yeah. not a not a great time to move yeah. and try and um, explore a yeah. new place. It's, yeah, it's actually funny. So I used to I did live in Hoboken before I moved back. Uh, I changed. Uh, I think I had two places in Hoboken, but the first one I was at was twelve twenty. Um, and then we ended up finding this rental on 1222. So I actually moved right next door to where I was. So it's like talk about 360, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a bit extreme in, in some cases. But I mean, it, it was deliberate in the sense that there's already so much change, especially, you know, for my husband. Yes, he lived in Chicago, but he's new to this city. Yeah. He's new to, you know, this, this new uh, setup. And so... In, in some way, I think uh, this really helped minimize some of the change. It mm-hmm. did feel like moving home. Uh, I have some of my best friends like two, living two blocks away. So talk Amazing. about uh, more. Having support. a network again. So you, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds like you've, you've kind of, um, you were lucky in, in mm-hmm. that you could go back to, in, in, in both cases, go back to Turkey and have a network and yep. come back here and have a network because- yep especially with a pandemic, I, I just, I cannot imagine what it's, what it's like to move somewhere and then not be able to go out. And yeah, that was quite intense. But I mean, I think what helped everyone during the pandemic was having their little pods. Mm-hmm. Having just a very small um, pod of people around you is actually, and I think we've all learned this during the pandemic, much more valuable than yeah. 
having access to everything and then just kind of it's sometimes much harder to try and find the people if you Mm -hmm. if you if you can do everything yeah exactly I mean so I I can say that um so I, I went to grad school here at NYU. So, you know, I had a huge group of school friends. We Every weekend I was a group, you know, big group of gathering somewhere, either dinner or something, doing something. And moving back, you realize it's really hard to keep that many uh, relationships intact. You can have weak links, but mm-hmm. it's really hard to keep the strong ones. So it, I think we, at least I learned to focus on the, the strong few ones. Yep and like cherish that yes and you realize that you don't actually need to be in touch with everyone and stay in touch um but still I mean it can't can't have been easy and then you uh, leaving your family in Turkey after all that time and then coming and then not not being able to go back to Turkey for ages to see them because you moved and then it's like all the borders are shut and there is no way you can see anyone or they can't come see you and I mean they they haven't no one's been able to come and and see us Mm -hmm. for ages that's only starting again hopefully soon but yeah Yeah. so that must have been also a bit of a shock it was because uh, part of my justification of uh, moving back and like choosing to move to the east coast was like so much easier it's a nine-hour direct flight i'll do it so often and before you know it, like, well, I luckily this summer I did go back, but uh, this was the longest I haven't seen them for a year yeah. now. So yeah, it's the um, same for us. I was mm-hmm. not <laughs> expected at all, which made things harder. Yeah. Um, although I think we talk about Zoom fatigue, but <laughs> compared to my previous time here, like it w- I feel a lot more connected to both my family and my friends who remained in Turkey. And I think part of it is during COVID, like even if you lived in the city, you had to inter- interact digitally, right? So when that happened, yeah. like, I was interacting with my family probably as much as I would any other time. So I don't know if you call it a blessing in disguise, but um, things are much smoother I will say uh, this time around in terms of keeping in touch with family yeah I I find it's mainly for those people who are not really used to conducting a relationship via FaceTime and Mm -hmm. Zoom I think a lot of people all of a sudden realized that you could do that Mm -hmm. and I feel like we've been doing that for years and years and years you know and we're used to it and everyone else is like oh this is fun it's like yeah (laughs) you know that's that's how that's the only way you can you can do it and uh, so that for, for everyone else to have that experience was kind of good yeah. Uh, so yeah they they all of a sudden got better at um yeah the world is flattened even more yeah <laughs> absolutely uh yeah funny funny kind of ex- experts around the world are like oh finally yeah. <laughs> see <laughs> yeah even the the way people think about those digital interactions changed, I feel like, because it was like before it was like, oh, you know, my granddaughter's calling from the US. So they, they would try to keep it short. It's like, who are you? Now it's like you can be on uh, FaceTime or WhatsApp for hours, like put it on your bre- breakfast table and have a meal together and things yeah, like yeah. that. Or like I think even the the expectations changed in terms of how we interact Mm -hmm. yeah no for sure 
So you said earlier that you lived in Dallas as well. Mm-hmm. When so when was that? When did that happen? So this was actually right after I finished grad school and I was, you know, looking to change jobs and um this job said, you know, the, the hiring manager was in Dallas and they said, "Can you be there at least for a year?" because I wasn't looking to leave New York. Mm-hmm. But my take on it was what do I got to lose, you know, go try for a year, experience uh texas and come back like actually i remember talking to um one of my best friends i I told you lives around the corner and i was kind of in between like do i want to leave the area but uh, what it came down to is if nothing else is just enriching my life right i'll have stories to tell from texas which i sure do (laughs) and then i can actually interact like uh relate to people from Texas a little better, even though I think Dallas is uh, still like more um, cosmopolitan than maybe other parts. Like even if you drive an hour west, it's different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was an experience, I will say. Well, Any stories from that time? Yeah. So one of the things that makes me chuckle is like the part of the reason I love being uh, in and around New York is like I, I say the city's made for people, right? You know, the sidewalks are wide, you know, you can use public transportation, you're not tied to a car. So when I moved, I was like, um, I was trying to find a place to live. And I was asking the realtor, like, where are some of the places you can uh, live that's, you know, has walking distance things. And one of the things they said is like, only tourists and homeless people walk in Dallas. (laughs) I was like, okay, that's odd, but I still got a place in downtown Dallas, but I was quick to find out why, because <laughs> um, the summer I was there was the hottest summer, like it didn't <laughs> go under 100 for 100 days straight, so 100 or above, and yeah, no yeah, one is walking, to, to be, yeah, you definitely don't want to be walking in that like when I got there, I was like, oh, there's a pool. It's awesome. I'll be in the pool all the time. In the summer, you can't be in the pool because it's too hot. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of interesting. And um, the other thing was um, the sizes of houses, right? Like I moved from living, actually, at the, before I moved there, I had a roommate here in Hoboken. So moving from a one bedroom to like, I was like, can you find me smaller places? Because everything they're showing me is like three bedrooms. Like, I don't have yeah. furniture to fill this. And it's going to be really depressing <laughs> if I don't fill it. So yeah, the smallest they could find was like still bigger than our uh, two bedroom here to, <laughs> that we live here. So, yep, Texas. Yeah, that's Texas. The amount of space is ridiculous coming from coming from Europe. Yeah. And so, I mean, I know this is more about expats, but um, I remember like they were telling me people were moving out of their houses after three years because like it was built three years ago and they thought it was old now. So they were moving to new development because there was so much new development going on and mm-hmm. they were expanding all, all sides uh, all, in all directions. So yeah. it's definitely a different mindset where like we live in a hundred and... 20 year building here so. yeah and that's that's still probably not that old compared to to Europe I'm Europe exactly I'm always like comparing it to the UK yes. where yeah, yeah. We, when we said our house is old it was built in 79 <laughs> people like what 
what, 17, 1779? It's like, no. Here it's considered an old place. Yeah, so true. Uh, That's crazy. And so so Texas was, uh, that was for a year and you knew Mm -hmm. you were going to go back to to New York. To Hoboken again, actually. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So um, that was, again, um, so mm-hmm. I did the, the Texas stint. I moved back here. And that was around the time. So I, I lived in uh, Hoboken again for two more years before I decided mm-hmm. to move back to Turkey. And um, I think, actually, I think that mood really helps because it shows you that I mean, Texas is not that close, right? So it's almost, it's not transcontinental but it's you know halfway across the continent Could as well yeah. be a different country but that's I yeah. feel I mean growing up in in Europe people uh, were always talking about America mm-hmm. like the Americans as mm-hmm. this one unit mm-hmm. and it's just not like that really and just the diversity and yeah. not only you know nature landscape mm-hmm. uh, cities but just the people it's yeah. it's huge yeah. So we've, I've really learned this during our time here, how yeah. there's just, you can't just uh, say it's just one, yeah. one country, really. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, yeah, you, you can't do that with smaller places either. It's mm-hmm. like the, you know, people in, in Germany, that Southerners are very different from the Northerners, yes. but the, I think yeah. here it's, it's like, much more diverse. And almost every state feels like a different country at times. Completely. And so, yeah, definitely a, a different, a, a, I mean, yeah. we all know Texas is for sure a different country. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, for example, in Texas, I got the, so where are you really from question uh, more there than I have ever yeah. in, in the East Coast. So there's definitely a bit of a, uh, like, uh, what should I call it, like, being in and around so many different cultures mm-hmm. makes you like you don't you don't blink right like you don't talk to the people here in um in uh, new york area that you talk to a person you don't talk to this turkish woman right you know you don't talk to yes a german woman who's married to you know so yeah. i think you see some of that difference as well when you're in different parts of the country oh yeah Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, the, the accent thing as well is, is yeah. always a, like, yeah. where's that? You know, what, where oh, are you Your from? accent is so good. But like underlying messages, you have an accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, the, the accent is such a big thing anyway, because I mean, when we first moved to the US, everyone's like, oh, wow, your accent. And I was like, I don't have the, you're, you, you're yeah, the you, one with the accent. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, I could look at it from both sides. Mm-hmm. So would you say, I mean, if I don't even know which about which country to ask this question now, but if um, is there anything that you went before you went back to Turkey that you thought you'd handled thinking about Turkey after 14 years away and going back, did you expect to feel the way you did or was there anything that completely surprised you where you just felt like completely? this is I have no idea what what this place is actually I think um I got pretty good at adapting to change through the you know my experience here so in that sense I think I did good (laughs) adjusting to that change but um it definitely made me realize what I appreciate in places I live I mean Mm -hmm. 
I, people used to ask me, so what do you miss about the US? And like, mm-hmm. this example probably will sound silly, but I'm like, I miss the sidewalks. Cause I like going back to my comments about like, New York is a 10 plus million mm-hmm. city. Istanbul is a 10 plus million city. This one is built for people. And that one is built for cars and buildings. So um, it, it became very clear that it, it might sound small, but those are the things that in, impact your quality of life, right? Not being on the edge every second, like is, is a car going <laughs> to run you over on the crosswalk? Or like, can you step into the street here and like everyone stops? Like you think the little things maybe, but they add up, right, in terms of, um your approach to life in mm-hmm. general and the other thing that I was kind of sad to see is like maybe people think of like American people are kind of chirpy and like happy that's a great thing because I was realizing like commuting to work taking the subway in Turkey like people were not smiling which mm-hmm. actually kind of um I don't want to say bothered me but like made me sad for them because like why not? You know, <laughs> you should you should start your day a little happier than hopefully um, how people seem to. But it's, it's of- amazing how you get used to it, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. just yeah. general friendliness. Of, exactly. You know. Like you don't lose anything by <laughs> smiling. Polite, politeness. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like that actually um, feeds into your first interactions with anyone when you're tense. If there's an event, you, your first reaction mm-hmm. is to continue the tenseness versus like if you're more on a, you know, accepting um, mm-hmm. mindset, I guess, like you, it's easier to de-escalate, I think. So. And anything you didn't miss about the US that we're like, oh, thank goodness I've left that behind. Huh. Well, well maybe we should phrase it in a more positive way and say, what yeah. did you really appreciate about being in Turkey? And that you didn't get in the US. Ah, okay. So I can now talk about food. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, it's going to be yeah. food. <laughs> so, like, there's always the food factor because, and there's yeah. always, so I think I'm further spoiled that. So, I mentioned my family is from south of Turkey. Mm-hmm. Everything's fresh. Like, you go to this uh, farmer's uh, market, like, everything's picked up from. Uh, the fields that day versus like here, especially if you shop at the the supermarket, it's plastic and like you might have the color, but definitely not the smell and the taste. So um, I definitely appreciated going back to that. And part of it is, um, of course, like the the different foods your your my mom makes or my grandma makes. And mm-hmm. actually, I, I remember one of your uh, questions, like. What are some of your um, go-to things when you feel homesick? And yeah. I think my family was kind of getting a kick out of the, the weird things I started making. Like they would never think about making, right? And, but it's to me, it was like, oh, this is what my grandma made like 10 years ago or something like that. So um, definitely that food is definitely one of the things that I think binds us together um both as families but also culturally it's I I love that isn't it interesting also I'm I'm thinking it's like I find myself thinking and I'm not a cook I really just Mm -hmm. don't get but even I fantasize about making 
some like real German food from time to time. Whereas like my husband, if he listens mm-hmm. to this, he's going to be laughing because he's like, where is it? When, when are you going to make it? Because <laughs> I, I think, I mean, the, the probably I can count the times I've actually made a German dish. I can mm-hmm. count on one hand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in throughout our whole marriage. But um, more and more now, mm-hmm. I feel I, I crave that connection to my family, my culture through food. I do bake, I make German cakes. Mm-hmm. So, there but, you go. Um, and it's that exactly that sense of this is what my grandma made. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, and the, the flavors and the, yeah. and the taste of it. And yeah, so it's a, a really strong you know sensory thing mm-hmm. yeah. so is there a, like a go-to dish that you make when when you really miss turkey and so there are two one is um i haven't made monta is the turkish dumplings and it actually has another uh, kind of tie to my family so every time my dad would come to visit he would actually help me make some and we would freeze yeah. it so that's like to me like almost a big tradition, tradition. And hopefully he'll get to visit again soon and we can do that again. And the other one, that's like the one I was saying, it's weird. Is like, I remember visiting my grandma and I really liked stuffed intestines. <laughs> and I was like one of the few people in the family who really liked it, actually. So she would like, and this, you know, like this old lady is laboring away because it's a pretty labor intensive thing. So I tried making that here and it kind of turned out well. I was like, wow. So where do you go for that? Where do you, where do you find the ingredients? It was kind of happenstance too. Like when this was um, actually, when I lived uh, in central Jersey, I came across the butcher, which, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was like a halal butcher, like, because they also keep the other parts of the animal. And so I was like, oh, look, they, they sell this. And um, so seeing that actually also kind of triggered, okay, I can make this now. So take that. And I think part of it is, I think we are pretty lucky on the East Coast that, you know, I have my Turkish um, mm-hmm. grocery shop like 10 minutes away. And I actually used to like, every time I visited Turkey, uh, especially when I was uh, going to school in Pennsylvania, Half of the suitcase would be food because <laughs> like, yeah. I need my cheese, I need my like pepper paste. And so I think actually, I will say this time around, it feels even more seamless because I think there are more people who moved after, um, you know, like, compared to when I used to live here, mm-hmm. more Turkish people live here. So I think then people cater to that as well the community uh is growing and yeah and people's awareness and yeah i i think that that's a, a general thing it's and we kind of hinted at that it's like with uh, the older you get and the longer you've been away the more you kind of crave that yeah Just somehow yeah. trying to maintain the traditions and exactly and food I mean it's the obvious thing mm-hmm. yeah but it's also nice for, for you to kind of because I'm thinking your husband too so that's something you can you you can share where you you yes. both yeah mm. we like the same things thankfully so when I make a what might seem like a weird Turkish dish he actually appreciates that so uh but I was gonna add to when you said it's the tradition for example there's this one dish again very uh labor-intensive so right now it passed from my grandma to my mm-hmm. aunt, not even the, the you know, the younger uh, sisters, right? Um, but one of my things 
you know, hopefully sometime uh, soon is to try to pick that talent up as well. Because I feel like that's definitely, and it's, it's called Ichli Köfte, which is stuffed meatball, but it doesn't really translate well. But anyways, it's very labor intensive, like I said, and but it's a very essential uh, dish to our tradition in the south of Turkey. So yeah, I, when I get sounds, that, I will sounds like, delicious. I, I actually they <laughs> they sell it frozen in Trader Joe's. If you have a Trader Joe's, I can tell you what to get. It's not Trader, as good. Yeah. Trader Joe's is amazing. Amazing. But, I mean, yes. so many. If you kind of think about how small it actually is, but mm-hmm. the 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 things they do have are yeah. surprising. Yeah. So that's that's really funny. Yeah. So that's kind of a yeah. I buy their frozen pretzels. because they're actually not bad yeah i tried the uh you know the the portuguese um oh yeah yeah Yeah. oh (laughs) wow i haven't seen those in our trader joe's but yeah again you have we have different different um that's true actually selections i think depending on where you are in the country for sure but it's yeah yeah, it's a it's a very nice go-to kind of Um, quick fix sort of thing if you don't fancy the really labor intensive um, thing but sometimes you have to do the whole thing go through the whole thing in order to really fully experience it oh I love it but yeah food is food is um, an amazing thing to help us feel connected any other Turkish things that you feel like you've taken with you and that you may not have experienced had you not gone back to Turkey during those mm. years uh, let me think. would you do you feel like it's just not as clear cut now because you you no. are this person I'm just who like weird, weird has... <laughs> yeah because I I, I feel the same way sometimes when people you know say what's what you know what German things do you and I'm like I don't really I don't really know and also Germany has changed a lot in mm-hmm. the 23 years that I've not been yeah. <laughs> lived there I mean, it's a very I different place. say, in some hand, you know, we travel yearly, but in one hand, you know, I even think about Hoboken in New York area. Like, I moved back 2014. I visited, was it once or twice? Um, just the New York area. I've been mm-hmm. to other parts. But, like, the, the cityscape changed so much. Mm-hmm. And same in Istanbul. And it's kind of like, if you're not, constantly plugged into that it that change can feel overwhelming because it's you know you think you left it in 99 but really you didn't right like Mm -hmm. it didn't stop like it's it's so far from that and um yeah I don't I can't think of anything that's more Turkish about me I don't know I'm I'm this (laughs) mixed person now yeah I know exactly yeah. <laughs> what you mean it's yeah it's a it's a funny thing um because it's it's impossible to describe but at the same time it's I and I kind of also feel like well we are both in this country and especially I think the U.S. it's because it's such a there's so many like us there's so many people like us who yeah. have family all over the world and mm-hmm you know parents from different places and grandparents yeah. from yet another place mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like this is what you know, American citizens are yeah exactly can I ask you a question sure 
So I, I know you have two young uh, daughters and mm-hmm. I'm just well, not so young now. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. <laughs> but like, are you seeing these basically, I'm just wondering, are they um, feeling closer to one of the other countries or are they fully American? Uh, <laughs> that's such a loaded question I think they feel also like you just said you don't really know mm-hmm. who you are whether you because yeah. they don't have that sense of they have some roots in Europe for sure and they I don't think would ever call themselves American mm-hmm. and yeah. yet they're more American than European and they don't really know it, but they've, because they've spent the last 11 years in mm-hmm. this country, which is a huge yeah. part of their, yeah. of their childhood and yeah. adolescence. Um, but because of the heritage, they're just, they're the classic case of yeah. my parents are immigrants yeah. and um, they, I think would do well going back to Europe, going mm-hmm. to maybe to college or work and um would feel at home there as well yeah um but yeah who knows I, I kind of feel like with with them I don't I have no idea where what their long-term plans yeah. are and I, I almost want to say they don't really have those because mm-hmm. of their upbringing because yeah. they've seen us go through so many changes yeah. and so many possibilities. not really yeah. so many possibilities and I'm I think, I mean, for them, I'm fully expecting them to be in completely different parts of the world at some point. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, who knows? We've just, yeah. it's just a different, very different upbringing, I guess, to what our friends in Europe yeah. have, have had. That's true. I will share, though, uh, one thing I did notice, I guess it's a pattern. Um, I mentioned some of my, like the family I made here in the U.S., right? And some of them I met in college, some of them in grad school, some of them through like mm-hmm. work. They're either first generation, like meaning their parents moved here mm-hmm. or like they moved when they were very young. They're a lot more American than I am, like, you know, born here, but they still have that kind of some tie to another culture. So I don't know yeah. if it's, I mean, I don't think it was a deliberate um choice but I think you kind of uh, get closer uh, to each yeah. other maybe because of the way you were brought up or I don't know so I, I feel like there is a group of people that's beyond nationality and beyond you know you could be Indian or Filipina or Turkish mm-hmm. but we actually have a lot more in common than um mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's that it's I think it's just that life experience and just being exposed to different cultures and Mm -hmm. languages and all that early on um, automatically makes you, I think I don't know maybe maybe just more empathetic. Yes, and 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 um, so that that's just something that comes with the with the territory. And I mean, my my older ones speaks um, with a British accent. Yeah. So she's maintained that the whole time. Mm-hmm. She yeah. sounds a little bit more this. It kind of softens when she's with mm-hmm. with friends. her Texan friends, but yeah. um, uh, she's for sure is that's mm-hmm. part of who she is. And yep, 
she was convinced she was going to go back to to England to go to college and then changed her mind (laughs) for now but but the the possibilities are there Uh uh-huh yeah so it's it's interesting I just I kind of I feel like I want to talk to them in a couple of years time (laughs) see what they what their ideas are let's see where they yeah yeah. exactly well it's been really really fun talking to you Iske thank you so much for taking the time in the Thank middle you. of your work day so yeah, much appreciated great i mean i was really looking forward to it and like i said it, knowing that i was going to talk to you listening to your other episodes um was uh, really awesome as well and uh, realized oh, there are a so lot happy more to hear of it. us nomads out there there's so many <laughs> exactly know. and sharing sharing our stories is is just nice and yeah people always i, I love listening to other people's stories and ideas and and perceptions as well it was always something to pick up yeah so thank you so much thank you so that was my conversation with Iske the timing was absolutely perfect as I actually met her in person about a week after we did our interview which was really nice um, because I felt that I totally knew her already It's amazing what you can learn about a person in a couple of hours, even if it's only via Zoom. And that's actually one of the best things, uh, the things I really, really love the most about doing this podcast. I've met so many people over the last um, 18 plus months, um, made so many connections, and I feel like I've joined, I've become part of this huge community of expats and nomads, and I love that sharing our stories and connecting through shared experiences has been really enriching and I feel like wherever I might end up in the world there'll be someone I already know and I'm actually about to meet another one of those connections in person next week but I'll tell you more about that another time for now happy Halloween stay safe out there especially if you're out trick-or-treating or planning other Halloween shenanigans. I'll see you next time.